Uh, let's move on to our very own Mrs. Giggles. How's 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 Mrs. Giggles doing? There's Mrs. Giggles is pretty good. There's two Mrs. Giggles. Is there two Mrs. Giggles? And the Mrs. other Mrs. Giggles? Giggles is sleeping. Yeah, there's two Mrs. Giggles. I like it. Um, and the other Mrs. Giggles is sleeping. So okay, so um, okay, well, not really living up to her name there, but uh. Well, I mean, she does giggle quite a lot. You've so. got to you've got to get that rest if you if you want to get peak giggleage. Yes. <laughs> I think my you goal do. with this podcast is to use every incarnation <laughs> of giggle something in the world that I could possibly think. So this week we have giggleage. That's the word of the week. Uh, but let's move on with Jen Giggle's recommendations. All right. So my first recommendation is the artist and um like many of the things you're going to hear tonight there is a tie-in that kaylee will appreciate <gasps> Ooh, exciting. my first recommendation is natalie mcmaster as an artist she's a cape brenton fiddler and she's amazing as all hell and if you don't listen to her you really should she's um just i mean it's it's fucking top-notch Traditional fiddle music, original fiddle music. She's been featured in movies, on other people's albums. Um, like Irish groups have come and gotten her to tour with them because they their fiddlers couldn't get a card to come in. Um, and being Canadian, she just crosses the border rather easily to perform. So, I mean, she's everywhere. She's amazing. And you really need to listen to her. Damn. Uh, so, so now tell me, Jen, what is the difference between a, a fiddle and a violin. How you tune it. Okay. What? Is that true? <laughs> you can't just make two instruments out of one? <laughs> it's 100% a tuning and style cha- style difference. Yeah, like the violin is a lot is a lot more I mean, you can have a solo violinist and it's and it's more like um uh, it's the type of music you're playing. So if you're playing like chamber music right. or orchestral music or something written for, um, you know, a small performance like a concerto or something like that, I'm doing I'm doing my hand violin. the way that I think it should go. Like I'm doing, but it's this is a podcast. You can't see what I'm doing, but right. just imagine it. It's very slow and it's just like. And you can play fast on the fiddle. And the fiddle, the fiddle is like is like. Is like fiddle traditionally is used to play tip um like dancing music most of the time. Yeah, like uh, so you'd have people dancing and singing or clapping along. It's very, it's very much a participatory instrument. Uh huh. Whereas like the violin is for listening to. I'm getting images of Michael Flatley and Lord of the Dance. Right. <laughs> Who's American, by the way? Oh. That's maybe the most useless piece of information we've ever shared on <laughs> Right, right? So, yeah, but it, it's it's really great. I, I just, she's amazing. I love what she does. I love how she plays. And yeah, if you, if you, you need to go out and listen to some Natalie McMasters. Got it. All right, Natalie McMasters. Okay. All right, that's the Fiddler. Fiddler. Hung up on the fiddle violin thing. If, yeah. I, if I play guitar at a different tune, it doesn't change it from a guitar to something else. It's it's you know what? What? You know what? It'll it'll break your brain. No. I'm not thinking about this anymore. 
I'm done yeah. with it. I, I we're gonna move on to my. We've got to move on, Kaylee. I'm gonna save you. But, Reach your hand um, out. Let it go. This is like this is like when I learned that Oreos is just chocolate in the cracker, and it broke my brain. I'm not. Deep breaths, because I have more tie-ins you will enjoy coming okay, up here, Kaylee. Okay. Kaylee, let it, right. okay. let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Now, my album recommendation is the first CD I ever owned. The Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack. Oh, my. Okay. Yes, Michael Kamen did all of the instrumental portions of the music when composing it and all that. He's from New York, that you know, but... And and yes, my favorite piece, favorite single on that is there. But we also have a uh, Canadian on that album, um, singing every you know, sing, singing a specific song about um, doing everything for you, kind of thing. I'm not going to name the single because I've got a different single in mind. Celine Dion, um, is that the? No, no, oh. no, no. Brian she... Adams was on there. Oh, that's a name I know. Back in the summer of 69. Right? Not my recommendation, though. Although he, he, he is on this particular soundtrack. Um, Robbing the rich and giving it to the poor. Back in the summer of... Is that what the song is on Prince of Thieves? Is it like a... No. We no, no. invaded Nottingham with the merry men. Back in the summer of 69. <laughs> It's a romance, not a rock ballad. It's 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 a romance ballad. It's just not a not a rock song, kind of thing. Okay. I don't know. All right. So, anyway, but the the whole the whole album, the way it's composed and laid out, is built to match the movie. So when you're listening to it, not only does it flow so well together, it's actually like. Like each as you move from track to track, it all fits together with the whole overall feel of the movie. The op- epic overture, this dark de- opener, this kind of interesting, you know. Oh, and we meet the romantic interest, and here's some romantic l- music for the couple of scenes with her, and then we have a crash when the bat, you know, when the when the heroes have a struggle, and then it builds up to the epic, literally titled "Battle at the Gallows" finale. I mean, it's amazing. It's epic. The songs are amazing. And if you include the two vocal tracks that are on this particular soundtrack, it's exactly one hour to listen to. Right? (laughs) So, oh, I need to do my homework for an hour. Let's press play on this particular album. I have listened to this album more than I have watched my favorite movie. Is it? Is your favorite movie also The Prince of Thieves? No, no, it's The Princess Bride. Oh. Dances with Wolves? No. No, no. I do have a favorite Costner movie, but it's neither of those. Field of Dreams. The Postman. Nope. Waterworld. Nope. Nope. Uh, I love Waterworld, but that's not the movie. Superman, the Man of Steel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Oh, Tin tin Cup. Tin Cup. Tin Cup. It's not Tin Cup. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> Shit. Um, it's for love of the game. Fuck, you didn't even let me guess. <laughs> Damn it, Jen. There's like another 30 Kevin Costner movies you could have named. Oh. I was just going to, you know, skip the skip the issue. Who can remember? One of my favorite bits is a, there's a Family Guy bit where um, Brian is in Hollywood 
and he's he's like, oh, I'm he's trying to seem like a big shot, and he's on the phone, and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm interviewing my script with, uh, and he sees a magazine on the on the coffee table, and on the magazine it says um, Val Kilmer, and he's like, oh, and he's like, he's like, I'm I'm having an interview with. He moves the magazine over, and underneath it is a magazine with a picture of Kevin Costner on it, and then he. He immediately goes Val Kilmer. Like he, he didn't want to say Val Kilmer because he's not great. <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, I need another option." And then his next option is Kevin Costner. So out of those two, he picks Val Kilmer, who is a little bit better than Kevin Costner. Neither are good. Oh, Val Kilmer was amazing in Tombstone. In At First Sight. Oh wait. <laughs> All right. So my song choice, also has a tie-in Kaylee will appreciate. It's a cover song. It's a cover. Um, And although I do like the original, I much prefer this cover. It's an acoustic cover. And it's Wrecking Ball. I came in like a wrecking ball. All you did was wreck me. Yes. And so Sarah Blackwood from Walk Off the Earth. Jenny... And I don't remember her last name and Emily. I also don't remember her last name, who are also from other Canadian bands. And it's it's fantastic and it's free, actually. Yeah, it was it's it was list it's been free out there as a single. So you can actually if you can um you can find it and download it off of um like Bandcamp. That's where that's where you get it. Bandcamp. Um so it was there, it was it's great. I enjoyed it. Um it's such a good version of the song. The three women singing the the acoustically with it, especially when you've got a a pop a pop singer, a folk singer, if I remember right, and a lesbian metal singer. That's the dream. Okay, I'm in. Hey, so I'm I'm wait I'm on it. I didn't know I was on it. <laughs> like you know, so go check this out. Listen to them um, and. and just yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, I'm pretty sure it's still on their Bandcamp okay. um, spot, which is where I got the MP3 for free. They just put it out there for anyone who wanted it because, fuck, it was a good cover. So, yeah, Amazing. and that's my three recommendations. Love it. Okay, cool. So that's your recommendations. Thank you so much for that. Uh, can you say the song one more time? Song title. Walk off the earth, covered by Sarah Black. Or so. Walk off the air, Sarah Blackwood, with Jenny and Emily covering Wrecking Ball. Wrecking Ball. The original was done by Miley Cyrus. That that Wrecking Ball. Correct. Okay. That Wrecking Ball. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Okay. Here we go. We're doing fast action. Hippity hoppity boobity boppity boobity blabity. It's already past Easter. We don't need any hippity hoppity. My recommendations for this week. <laughs> me. Hi. I'm Victoria Maximus. Remember, don't don't forget. Uh, How could you forget that voice? Shame on you. Shame on you. It's the voice that haunts your dreams and nightmares. Um, it's the voice of Christmas past and future. Not present, though. Uh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm the voice of Christmas present. That's, yeah. I feel like Kaylee would be the voice of Christmas past. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. No, maybe future, actually, because... <gasps> Can it be a cyberpunk future? Yes. Yes. I want to be a ghost of that future. Of cyberpunk's yeah. future. I'm the ghost of of the cyberpunk's past. Steampunks. <laughs> I'm the. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like where this is going. So check it out. Check it out. <laughs> My band recommendation uh, is going to be 
Coheed and Cambria. I'll say it one more time. Coheed and Cambria. Um, so was that a time that the dinosaurs were alive or or what? Yes. Co- yes. The Coheed and Cambria period. It was before the Jurassic period. Uh-huh. Um, no. Coheed and Cambria are the names of the central characters surrounding this story arc so this this you've heard of concept albums where there's a story that goes through an album and each song kind of paints a narrative uh coheed and cambria is the first concept band that i've ever heard of uh and what a concept band is is they're named after the those two characters coheed and cambria and from the the first album that they released was the second part, almost like a Star Wars type thing where part four was first, mm-hmm. part two was first of the story. And their first five albums cover the story arc of Coheed and Cambria and their children in this kind of galactic space war story type thing. Very Star Wars, very, you Whoa. know, uh, futuristic. And... I, I've had debates because each album, so they actually name it like like the second stage turbine uh, in keeping secrets of Silent Earth three. So it's that's like lets you know it's part three, um, or Good Apollo and Burning Star four. So each album kind of says like what part of the story it is, and you might read their names and think that these albums like everything about it sounds really pretentious and like over the top ridiculous but they're just actually really big nerds and the lead singer is a huge comic book fan and actually uh wrote these albums in mind with actually writing a storyline with within a comic and came out with comics the comics aren't honestly as a comic book fan the comics aren't great the music is fucking phenomenal um are you supposed to listen to the music while reading the comics no the music came out long before the comics ever came out i would actually say skip the comics only listen to the music it's better when you imagine what the story is in your head because the comics will never live up to what you imagine it to be and i've had many uh many debates with uh friends fellow fans of the band about how this is presented to us like if they are singing almost as if as if these albums should be listened to where this the lead singer sings the parts of each character almost as if it's like a one man show where he's do, like doing a musical you know almost like he's in the world and the characters are singing is that how i'm supposed to picture it i like to picture this band listening to them as if they are the bards of this universe uh singing the stories of the past and what happened in the world and the ancient like lore of this galaxy and like their bards singing about you know the events that are occurring or have occurred in the past um wait 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 we haven't recorded a D episode yet so you're saying these guys are bards like D bards i mean it just depends on how you want to picture it um i'll tell you what don't even think about any of that just listen to their first. Listen to listen to anything within their first seven <laughs> albums. Their first seven albums. First have, seven albums. That's seven, that's a lot of first albums. Seven. That's, How just, long have they been recording? Uh, they came out in two thousand two. Was their first release? Oh, that's not too bad then. That that's realistic. So they now have uh, nine albums. Still realistic. That makes way more sense mm-hmm. than yeah yeah. Each album with these stories and like you hear 
you hear certain character names get brought up, but it's kind of, you can listen to them without knowing anything about the story, without even knowing that they're a concept band. They are hard, hard rock kind of teetering on metal. Um, and fantastic. Uh, some of the best, best rock songwriting. Uh, one of their albums is in my top 10 of all time. And, um, I don't know if, if any, if any of you listening know my taste in music, uh, it comes with the highest recommendation, uh, to check out that band. Um, if you like rock or classic rock or just melt your face off music, their, their inspirations were Rush, bands like Led Zeppelin, um, Pink Floyd. So yeah, check them out. Coheed and Cambria. Just pick one thing out of their, or just do a YouTube search and listen to stuff until you find something you like. Yeah, I'm so curious now. That's so cool telling a story through music like that. So I'm, I, I'm down. I'm so interested. It lends itself to painting kind of a picture in your mind as to what's going on when you're like, oh, wow, this is the last song of the last album. Is this world being destroyed? Like what's happening? You start to get like, you start to kind of fantasize in your mind about what the movie would look like or the trailer or just like what this scene would look like and it gets very epic um but even without all that like i said the music is fucking incredible so um my album recommendation is the mars volta and the album that's the band the album is deloused in the comatorium another very pretentious sounding album name and i'm not gonna lie the mars volta is a very pretentious band but uh they're f- and and they're a band that quickly went into such pretension with their music that I couldn't even listen. It became unlistenable. It became the stupidest, crappiest noise garbage that I ever heard in my life. However, their first album, this is a band that that the lead singer and the guitarist were half of the band at the drive-in. And if any of you are familiar with that, it uh, they they were kind of a um, post-punk like band in like 2000. They had a huge release with their album that came out in 2000 and then and then these two dudes broke up the band at the height of their popularity and said we don't want to make this music anymore we're we want to do something completely fresh so they went on their own and got a bunch of other musicians they got a keyboardist they got a synth like somebody working the synths they they got uh a whole plethora of musicians surrounding them and started making like almost like progressive latin rock it's super weird music that is hasn't really been replicated since very very influential not as popular as their previous band but their first album to in the comatorium is probably the peak in my opinion of of an album that hits that that kind of teeters on the edge of um becoming too much of too, like too much intensity, too much craziness to where it becomes noise, but it doesn't fall off that edge. It like gets right to the peak. And that to me, it's it's like riding a roller coaster. It's like a, the highest of highs um, when you listen to it. The music is incredibly complex and very good. The singer is incredible. It is a concept album, kind of a sad and dark um, story about, I guess they, they had a, a mutual friend between them that attempted to commit suicide and was unsuccessful in his attempt and went into a coma and 
after, unfortunately, after getting out of his coma, uh, their friend successfully committed suicide. So I know that's really dark, and it definitely is, but the album is, a uh, so the, the lead singer actually writes very freeform with his lyrics, just all the, any thoughts that come into his head, he just strings together like images and words. And, and so the first seven tracks on the album paint a picture of what, of what he thinks maybe this, their friend experienced while in the coma, hence to Laust in the comatorium. So just very, very odd lyricism, but almost like a dream state. And then the last three songs are about maybe what he experienced after waking up and then, you know, successfully committing suicide. Um, so like I said, it's, it's dark, it's heavy, but it's super, super artistic and super deep. And the musicianship is incredible. Um, they actually got a uh, flea from the Chili Peppers plays bass on that album as a guest bassist through the whole album. And John Fushante, the guitarist of the Chili Peppers guest stars on a couple tracks to play guitar. So you've got top tier. I think it was also produced by Rick Rubin, who is one of the most famous producers of all time. Beastie Boys, System of a Down, Chili Peppers. So, yeah. Wow, that sounds really cool. Good recommendations. Ooh. I, I'm down with that. Holy crap. <laughs> like, the whole thing is just, yeah. And last but not least, my song recommendation is a song called Empire Ants. It is off the album Plastic Beach by the band The Gorillas. Plastic Beach was not a very uh, commercially favorable album by The Gorillas after the hits of their first album, Clint Eastwood, and and then uh, Feel Good Inc. and um, Dare, and all those songs came out. Plastic Beach came out. It's a weird, almost like atmospheric, like painting a landscape. Everything they've done has been like different from the previous album so i mean correct and and plastic beach is no different in fact so so empire ants is probably i mean it it was my favorite song of like many years like before and after it came out um it starts off very soft and with acoustic and and almost like beachy sounds and um uh, the main lead singer of the band comes in very beautifully and it actually halfway through the song that part dies out as a total techno like synth song <laughs> underneath it kind of comes up and a female singer named little dragon i believe her name is starts singing it gives me the feeling like i was chilling on the beach at sunset with the most beautiful tranquil just peaceful like vibe happening and then i went home got changed and went to the club and that was my night like tan on the beach Feeling those vibes, salty, you know, kind of that salty atmosphere and like a little bit, a little bit of sun and then going to the club and just dancing and drinking. The way it blends those two, I can't believe that they pulled it off because it sounds absurd, mm-hmm. but it's, um, it's incredible. That's my song recommendation. Empire Ants okay. by the Gorillas. Yeah. I kind of lost track of the Gorillas after those two albums you mentioned before or like their, their past kind of big hits. And then mm-hmm. they just kind of like faded to my to my knowledge. So it'd be well. They they cool did to... and they mm-hmm. did. They left it for like seven or eight years, and then all of a sudden they came back with a couple of new albums. Mm-hmm. And it's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. Even those albums, I haven't actually heard much of them. So I'm gonna give them a shot. Well, there you go. 
so yeah, music's my love. Music's my passion. If I had to pick one form of media to consume out of all the recommendations that we've done, it would be music. That's my jam, yo. Uh, for the rest I, of your life, for nothing the rest, but music. Nothing but music. If I had to live without everything but one, I'd pick music. That's it. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's that's my love. That's the love of my life. Don't tell my wife. That rhymes. See? Because I love music. Now I'm trying to think of like what my medium of choice would be. I, I don't know if I could go without multiple. <laughs> yeah. Music would be up there, though. Uh, uh, yeah. Music is definitely up there because I could I could skip. You know, if TV didn't exist, I could easily just not care about it. But I have to have something on in the background. And audiobooks suck for for me to pay attention to what I'm supposed to be doing compared to what's their what the audiobook is. Like I can't do both very well. So it's music because music can just be there. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to you, you can dive into it and experience it and just feel the music or it can just kind of be there for you in the background and not be something you that that demands attention at least that's how Mm -hmm. i experience it as as somebody with adhd is it's not Mm. that it it, i have that ability whereas when somebody's talking or reading something to me i it it clicks my attention way more and i'm forced like i have to focus on it because it's like somebody's talking are they talking to me are they talking to me (laughs) <laughs> it, it's just how, kind of how that goes music music <laughs> has the same capabilities to make me amped uh ex- excited energetic to soften the edges to uh laugh even um mm-hmm. to weep uh there's so much emotion when you're in tune mm-hmm. with music um i actually heard that they did a study and i guess there are s- different people react differently to music. There's something within the way our brain waves and emotional state um, processes music okay. where some people uh, aren't able to actually process music uh, with the same uh, emotions as other people. Um, mm. Yes. Which is probably, like I always say, everybody's different. So whereas for me, music is like, if I'm listening to an album with my wife, it's like, don't stop this album. Like, we, we, we can't just stop this for the night. We have to get through it, like getting through a movie. You know, we can't just, mm-hmm. it's not like we listen to five tracks of a concept album and are like, and we're done and we'll listen to the rest later. No, no, no. We we need to go on the journey. Like it's as important to me as a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, music is what I put in the background and it's, you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's good. I like it. But to me, it's yeah. it's as big a deal as, as anything. Yeah. So For me, well, I mean, music is yeah. a lot of like, kind of trying to tailor my mood to how how I want to feel or how to match how I am feeling and to really like match emotions or to kind of bring myself up. If I want to clean my room, I'll put on some music that's light and dancey so that I can enjoy cleaning my room and like dance, dance around and put things away or whatnot. And sometimes I'll put on music to like match an emotion and feel kind of that catharsism there um yeah yeah important part of important medium yeah yeah well this is but go ahead you know i I think a lot of it comes from from as i said uh that you know my album growing up my go-to was 
putting on in the background the Prince of Thieves soundtrack so that I could focus on something else. And and for me, having seen the movie, having listened to the album, and having done all of that, I can easily put on something I've heard and experienced before to play in the background. But if, if you're going to give me a new song to listen to, I'm going to focus on that song. If you're going to give me a new album and say, you have to hear this album, I'm going to listen to that album. And I do not want interruptions because that's what I'm doing is focusing on this music. But if I take down, you know, I have, I have a collection of LP. I have one full record and a bunch of books on record from when I was a kid. If I take my flash Gordon LP and I put it on my record player, I want to sit and listen to that. Cause I made the choice to specifically listen to queen fucking rock out to an eighties movie, you know? And I want to sit and enjoy that. I now have this image of you in a, in a smoking jacket, <laughs> like with a glass of wine in the study, <laughs> listening to like a queen record on, on your like, uh, uh, friggin' what the hell is it called? Victrola. Victrola. Thank you. And, <laughs> and, and your wife and your wife comes in and says, dear, like, like dinner's ready. And you're like, you're like, what are you doing, woman? I will no longer suffer any interruptions while I'm listening to Queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I will no longer suffer any interruptions. Don't you know I'm in my study? <laughs> A study? There's no such thing in this house. <laughs> so this has been another exciting episode. <laughs> <laughs> we happen to be trans. Before, before we leave, pop, pop, before we leave, pop. I gotta put out a plug oh. for myself. Oh, doing Ooh. promo. I'm, 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 I'm doing the. You know, it's National Poetry Month, and I've been writing a poem a day, and that includes poems from both Victoria and Kaylee giving me prompts. So, like, they're my friends. They gave me a writing prompt, a word or a sentence or. Um, you know, a phrase. It's what I got from people to to help me write a poem every day. Mm-hmm. And that includes poems from both of you already. And, and my I wife, have, right? And your wife, yeah. And, and so many other wonderful, wonderful Instagrammers that are out there um, who I'm friends with. So do come check out, you know, gratefully underscore Jen is, is what it's going to stay until the end of the month. Um, and visit me. You know, visit my page, read the poetry, see what you think. Um, we've talked about it before, and I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, you two have helped me make this month possible, and our, our listeners should go check that out. Check her out. Yeah, gratefully, at gratefully underscore mm-hmm. Jen. We have at Kaylee.coral. Yes, that is the one. K-O-R-O-L. Yes. And we have me at victoria underscore maximus on instagram what was what was kaylee's prompt can you share that knitting 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 m-i-d-d-i-n-g knitting it's a word from the dictionary of obscure sorrows which i highly recommend everyone of obscure what now the dictionary (laughs) of obscure sorrows and so this this word is to is the emotion of being just 
on the outside of something really cozy and being like part of something, but not active in it, but just enjoying kind of just being there and seeing your friends or family having a good time together oh. and where you're part of it, but you're not currently interacting. You're just like watching everyone having a good time and enjoying it kind of. Oh, but through, you're through also enjoying it because I was going to say up until you said, and you're also enjoying it, I was going to say, so basically that describes me in junior high, but I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> You're enjoying being next to people having a good time, but you aren't actively participating in their good time. Yeah. You're participating as an observer. Yeah. 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 Okay. Strange. It's it's an obscure mm-hmm. sorrow because there is something yeah. sad about mm-hmm. not being part of the activity. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So so junior high definitely kind of <laughs> no junior high was just torture there was nothing <laughs> enjoyable about it <laughs> that's true well we need a good word a new word to describe the feelings endured in junior high when you're on the outskirts yeah um, i'm not so obscure sorrow what what was my what was my word uh jen i've got my i've actually got my uh notebook here i still write all my I, poetry by i hand. know what it was i just need to hear you say it <laughs> I know you do. That's why I'm bringing it up. Um, give me a moment. It was Sophistifunk. Yeah. <laughs> it was a poem about it. you using the word Sophistifunk. And it's a word I use every day, Sophistifunk. Have a, well, so this has been another episode of We Happen to Be Trans, a pop culture podcast, y'all. Stay Sophistifunk. You know my old saying, Sophistifunk it up. <laughs> everyone <laughs> all right <laughs> we are good at giving props Woo! all right are we gonna keep running on the same feed or do we want to stop an export because this is already an hour yeah <laughs> not so many so 